and welcome to the Endo Bay podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Bree. I'm an ultrasound tech turned endometriosis coach, positivity and self-love advocate, a seven on the Enneagram, and I am a proud dog mom. And I'm on a mission to help you live more positively with endometriosis and be happy in your body. On the Endo Bay podcast, we're going to dive deep into all things endometriosis, mindset, self-love, health, and so much more. This is a badass podcast for badass endo babes, and I want you to leave this podcast feeling inspired and empowered on your own health journey with more confidence and the belief that you too can have more good days than bad. Are you with me, babes? See you in the podcast. Hello, babes, and welcome to another episode of the Endo Babe Podcast. So before we dive in, I just wanted to let you guys know that this episode of the Endo Babe podcast is brought to you by the Endo Babe Academy. And so the Endo Babe Academy is my group coaching program that is perfect for you if you're ready to ditch negativity and learn how to be happy in your body with endometriosis. The Endo Babe Academy is a 90-day transformative group program designed to help you learn how to conquer your negative mindset, ditch anger, learn to live more positive so that you can be happy in your body. It's really the perfect blend of endo babe sisterhood plus mindset and lifestyle coaching. We all know that diet isn't the only way that you can manage endometriosis. It's a lot more than just diet. And so in Endo Babe Academy, we give you all the step-by-step tools that you're going to need to help you let go of anger, ditch negativity, and feel empowered while you're living with endometriosis so that again, you can be happy in your body. You get a group coaching call with Johnny, who is a registered dietitian, because yes, diet's not everything, but there is parts of diet that are important. Um, You learn about meditation with Coach Tulane. You learn about sex and intimacy um, and healing sexual trauma with Coach Stephanie. It is a jam-packed, awesome program, and our next start date is January 6th. So if you're interested in that, you can DM me at Chelsea Bree on Instagram, and that's Chelsea with three A's. And so, babes, let's dive right into this episode. So today's episode of the End of Babe podcast, we're going to be talking about tips to prep for your laparoscopic surgery and how to recover from your laparoscopic surgery. Because as of right now, the best treatment for endometriosis is complete excision surgery. And even with excision surgery, it still takes a multi-tier approach, such as like diet, exercise, stress management, and all of those things to help you manage this illness. And so surgery really is like a reality for most of us living with endometriosis. And unfortunately, if you're not having excision surgery or having ablation slash coagulation surgery, which I talked about in another episode, um, your likelihood for recurrent surgeries is very, very high because they're not actually removing the endometriosis. They are leaving it all in there and just like burning right above it and causing all these other issues like scar tissue and adhesion formation that are going to need to be removed surgically with excision in the future anyways. So yeah, surgery is a reality for basically all of us. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on a few tips, pre-surgery tips on like getting yourself ready for surgery and then also tips to recover from your surgery. And so I kind of have four different points that I want to touch on for pre-surgery. 
And so the first one is getting your body ready for surgery. And I know this, I feel like this isn't really talked about a lot. I don't I don't know what I was just saying. I meant a lot. It's not talked about a lot. Um, but getting your body ready for surgery because it doesn't matter if you're having coagulation surgery or excision surgery. Anytime they're cutting open your abdomen, you're having major surgery and you need to prepare your body for that. So even like staying hydrated is a huge way that you can help get your body ready for um, for your surgery. Um, stop eating processed junk and start eating real whole foods. Uh, processed junk is going to cause more inflammation. It's and just really isn't that great for you. So just cutting out processed foods and sticking to whole real foods before your surgery is incredibly helpful. Um, also making sure that you're getting like at least seven to nine hours of sleep every single night with sleep is how our body kind of repairs itself. And if the less you sleep, the more stressed out you're going to be. And the more anxious you're going to be and you're already going to have high anxiety going into surgery, it's just going to be like a spiral effect. It's a bad idea. So try to get at least seven to nine hours of sleep every night. If you have issues sleeping, things like, um, oh my God, (laughs) I forgot what I was saying. Sorry. Um, things like melatonin are wonderful. Um, I don't know the dosage that would be right for you. That is something that you're going to have to figure out yourself. But thing, yeah, taking like a melatonin supplement before bed can be extremely helpful. Um, and then last but not least, getting your body ready is exercise. You want a strong core. You want strong muscles. Um, so even like going for a walk every day, it's going to help you speed up your recovery time because your body's going to be stronger and it's going to be ready for the surgery. It's going to be ready to bounce back. Um, so yeah, getting your body ready is my first point of pre-surgery prep. The second point is getting your mind ready. Surgery can cause a crap ton of anxiety. Hello. It's fucking scary. (laughs) Um, I had really bad anxiety before my most recent excision surgery in May. And that was my third endometriosis surgery. I I was so anxious that they weren't even going to find endometriosis and that like my prior surgeons had lied to me. And I know that this is a common fear that a lot of us go through. Um, it's so easy for us to always assume that things are going to go the worst case scenario thing like the worst possible thing is going to happen when usually the probability of bad things happening and good things happening is equal and so it's kind of what we focus on is what is going to either help our anxiety or not help our anxiety um and so something that was really helpful for me before this surgery was journaling on the best case scenario like what is the best possible outcome of this surgery and because what that did is it kind of got my mind thinking what again is the best case scenario of this surgery like not all of those terrible things that i was thinking and like going down that negative spiral i had the choice to choose to think positive thoughts and not be anxious because of them and so journaling is one of the top ways that i'm going to recommend to you guys to get your mind ready for surgery because it's also going to be kind of a whirlwind. Like once you start healing from surgery and you start to feel better, if you do start to feel better and 
your whole basically identity has been around this debilitating pain and now it's gone. Journaling is going to help not only get your mind ready for surgery, it's also going to be a wonderful tool after surgery. Um, and shameless plug, the Endobabe Journal, that's why I created the Endobabe Journal. I created the Endobabe Journal while I was recovering from endometriosis surgery in May because I wanted a tool to track my endometriosis symptoms and to practice gratitude and affirmations and positivity and get my mind positive. I wanted a tool that was specifically made for women with endometriosis and I couldn't find anything out there. And so I made one. Now it's available on my website. You guys can check it out at chelseabree.com. So anyway, journaling. <laughs> um, yeah, start to journal every single day about the best case scenario for your surgery, like how great you're going to feel afterwards, the benefits of the surgery, why you're having the surgery in the first place. Talk about all the pain that you're having and like imagine what if that pain was gone uh, because your brain believes whatever you tell it. So the more that you start to practice and journal about the best case scenario, really it's the, the faster your brain's going to believe it to be true. And that's just how our subconscious mind works. Whatever you focus on is what your brain believes to be your reality. And so why not focus on the positives? And so that my, that was my second tip is getting your mind ready pre-surgery. And then the third tip is getting your house ready because coming home to a disaster and all that clutter is just going to cause more and more anxiety. So you want to make sure that you clean your house and do all of your laundry before surgery, especially because you're not going to have the energy to do that after surgery. And you're like, if they went in through like a laparotomy or they had to make a bigger incision in your belly, you're not going to be able to lift anything. It's like a C-section scar for six weeks. So clean your house and do all your laundry before your surgery. Have fresh, clean sheets on your bed and make, make a little spot on your bed that's all comfy that you can get home from the hospital and hop right into. Um, or even on the couch if you're having surgery in the morning and you don't want to go to bed right away. And the couch is your comfy spot wherever it is. Get yourself a comfy spot ready that you can just like fall into. Um, so yeah, just getting your house ready is going to take more anxiety and stress off of you post-surgery. So just kind of prepping for your post-recovery before it happens. And then the fourth tip is things that you should have at your house so that you're prepared after surgery. So you 100% want a heating pad and ice packs. Um, make sure you get stool softeners, smooth move senna leaf tea, which is like a gentle laxative tea it is made out of it's a vegetable laxative so it's not harsh like miralax and stuff like that and your body responds to it a lot better usually um gas x is wonderful we'll talk more about that later um fluids such as like pedialyte or gatorade just to kind of replenish those electrolytes especially because after surgery you don't want to have like a huge meal because it'll hurt more and we'll talk more about that later too. Um, and then yeah, like light foods such as soups, fruits, and veggies going with my previous point, um, comfy clothes for sure. Like big baggy clothes, nothing that's too like, constricting. And it's going to hurt, um, your incisions and your belly is going to be really big because they fill you up with 
um, CO2. And so, yeah, just big comfy clothings. You 100% want to get nausea medication from your doctor at your pre-op appointment before you go into surgery because you're going to wake up and if you're on opioid pain medication or you're just in a lot of pain, you're going to be nauseous as hell. And that nausea medication, Zofran or whatever the other names are that they have in other areas of the world, I don't know, um, they are fantastic and they will be a lifesaver because there's nothing worse than being nauseous while you're already trying to recover from surgery. Um, and then lastly, things that you want to get at your house, um, CBD is fabulous. I was just going to say fantastic. And then I started saying fabulous. So combined them, it's fine. Um, uh, and then if you're in an area that like medical marijuana or even just marijuana is legal, THC is fantastic. Um, it is a wonderful plant and there are so many benefits post-surgery using it, both CBD and THC. So if you have access to them, I highly recommend getting them and having them at your house ready for you for when you get home from surgery. And so then you're going to go to surgery and some places, some doctors have you stay at the hospital overnight. It just kind of depends on the doctor and your case and what all is going down. It's very individualized, I feel like. Um, but regardless, after surgery, um, you want to get your bowels moving. So anesthesia, along with opioid pen pain medication, which they're going to pump in you while you're at the hospital and probably send you home with. Um, side note, my Dr. Garza that did my excision surgery, he did not well, he sent me home with codeine and um, Tylenol. I don't remember the name of it, but it was, well, I opted out of taking it, but he didn't even prescribe um, like oxys or anything like that, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Anyway, get your bowels moving, back to getting your bowels moving. Um, so the anesthesia and the opioid pain medication, they're going to slow your bowel movement. And so if you get too constipated, believe me when I say it's going to be freaking painful. That happened to me after my first surgery and we had to go back to the ER because I was in so much pain. Um, it was horrendous, like terrible pain. Um, so yeah, don't learn from me, learn from my mistakes Start taking stool softeners right before your surgery and then continue taking them after your surgery and then drink like a tea, like a, a cup of smooth move senna leaf tea um, every single day after your surgery until you have a bowel movement because you want your bowels to be start working as fast as possible. You don't want stuff to like pile up in there and get hard and make you more constipated. You want the stool softeners to work to help you get that stool out because I will tell you right now, it is fucking painful. <laughs> and anybody that has experienced it knows my pain. And I don't want you guys to feel like that. That sucks. So get your bowels moving. Um, if worst case scenario, 
you can't get your bowels moving and you've tried all of everything I just said, um, you can get liquid magnesium citrate, which is basically what they give you for bowel prep to help flush you out. Um, it's definitely effective, but other products like milder products that aren't as hard on your intestines should be used first. Um, so yeah, that's point number one is get your bowels moving. And then as I was kind of alluding to earlier, they pump your stomach full of CO2 gas so that they can see everything. Cause otherwise everything's kind of just like smushed together and they can't really see very well. So they pump you full of CO2 that kind of expands your belly out. But after they close you up, that CO2 is still in there and it gets trapped against your diaphragm, which is the little muscle that like separates your stomach or like your abdomen from your chest um, and helps you breathe. And that gas X trapped against your diaphragm causes you so much shoulder pain. Um, ways to relieve that gas, it will dissipate in about 72 hours on its own. So it won't last forever. I can promise you that. So if you want to hold on to that little nugget of hope, that'll help. Um, but some women have reported like laying on a heating pad, laying on a tennis ball, having someone give you a back rub, Taking gas X can work for some women, but it doesn't work for all women. Um, Anti-inflammatory meds like ibuprofen can also help. And just making sure that you're getting up and walking around. Walking around is going to be your best friend post-surgery. It's going to help you heal the vas. It's going to make your gas dissipate. It's going to help your bowels get moving. Um, Yeah, walking is amazing, but you want to remember that the gas pain won't always be there. It will go away on its own in 72 hours. Um, I will also note that try to eat very small meals right after surgery until that gas pain goes away. Um, if, the, if you eat like a big, huge meal, your stomach's going to expand. And what that's going to do is just put more pressure on your insides and pressure on that gas pain Um, and cause even more like sharp, stabby pain in your abdomen, which can be kind of scary if you don't know what's going on. Um, But it's just probably from the huge meal that you just ate. Uh, I experienced this again, learned from my mistakes, eat small meals. Um, So yeah, that was tip number two. Tip number three for recovering from your lap post-surgery is THC and CBD. So like I was kind of talking about earlier, they are a godsend after surgery. If you have either like access to either of them, I highly recommend them. They are great for inflammation. They actually bind to the same receptors in your brain as opioid pain medication. So they can help alleviate some of your pain. And they also don't um, slow your digestion or cause constipation like your opioid pain medication will do. And so if you are going back to point number one, if you are taking opioid pain medication after surgery, it's going to make your bowels halt and be even slower, slower and make you more constipated. So just keep that in mind. Um, so yeah, CBD and THC are fantastic alternatives to opioid pain medication 
or used in conjunction with. Everyone is different. Your pain level is different. Your experience is different and that is okay and it's valid and I'm just giving you some other options. Um, So next I want to talk about your periods after lap because your first three to four periods post lap can be extremely painful. They can be really heavy and they can be longer than usual. Um, Your internal healing takes a lot longer than external. So even though your scars are healing on your belly, you're still healing on the inside. So just to forewarn you, your first couple periods after your lap will be not usually like your normal periods. They're going to probably be a lot worse and that can be really scary. What is important to note is that if your pain is severe or you're bleeding through like one super tampon or a large pad every single hour, like bleeding through, dripping, wet, whatever, you need to call your doctor because something's wrong. That's not right. That should not be happening. So call your doctor if that happens. But if it's just a little bit heavier than usual, more painful, normal, um, and longer than usual, that's normal. My first period after I was on my period actually for my excision surgery, which was severely traumatic um, because I woke up in like a huge pool of my own blood. But my next period, like a month after my surgery was, I remember telling Eli, I was like laying on the couch, like writhing in pain. And I was telling him that that period was more painful than my excision surgery recovery because I didn't do opioid pain meds at all what they gave me in the hospital. I feel like they overdosed me on pain medication in the hospital. Um, and so I went cold turkey and I didn't use any from the moment I was home. I just used THC and CBD and ibuprofen. Um, and that period was more painful than my surgery recovery. And so I'm just giving you guys a warning that it can be fucking horrendous. So yeah, the last point that I kind of wanted to touch on today was don't expect too much of yourself right after surgery. Your first few days, you're going to be really groggy and tired and the pain can persist into the next few weeks and healing is not linear. It's not the same for everybody. So you see like, like I was just saying that I was okay without pain medication. That might not be your story and that's okay. It's, there's nothing wrong. We don't need to compare each other's stories. So don't expect too much from yourself. It's okay to take naps. It's okay to lay on the couch and watch Harry Potter all day. It's okay to just let yourself heal because that's truly what you need is just to let yourself, your body heal itself. That's what it does best. And even though we have endometriosis, our body still does things in our highest favor. Um, our body is still trying to take care of us. Our body still loves us. And so we need to love our bodies. Um, So yeah, don't expect too much of yourself. But I will say, like I was kind of talking about earlier a little bit, get up and move around as much as possible. Even just like a quick lap around your house, you're going to recover so much quicker if you're up and moving. Like You don't want to overdo it, but moving around is going to help. So think like walking around your house, maybe in a few days, if you're feeling up to it, getting out of the house. But again, don't expect too much of yourself. So it's like a fine balance that you got to teeter between. Um, and 
getting up and moving around. Oh my God. Mars is barking. Sorry. Um, and getting up and moving around, but not overdoing it because you want to really listen to your body. And again, like I was saying, your healing on the inside is going to take a lot longer than your healing on the outside. So even though you might look okay on the outside, you're still healing on the inside. What Dr. Garza said to me was it takes usually about three months for the inflammation inside of your belly to go down. And so I would take it easy for three months. And I mean, I'm not saying don't do anything for three months, but just kind of listen to your body and figure out like what is too much for you um, and go from there. Because really that's all it is, is listening to your body and what your body needs and learning to be partners with your body. And again, everybody's healing journey is so, so different. Everybody is going to heal from surgery so different. Their experience is going to be different. Um, but these are just some general tips. Like I know from my first two ablation surgeries, it probably took me about two full months to feel okay to like go back to work and do anything. But with excision surgery, um, I only got four weeks off with short-term disability from work. Um, so I had to go back after four weeks and I wished that I would have taken like two more weeks because I was still just exhausted and just didn't quite feel like myself yet. Um, and so again, it's just listening to your body and everybody's going to be different, but I hope that you really enjoyed this episode. I would love it if you would screenshot it and put it on Instagram and tell me what you got out of it and what your favorite tip was um, or let me know any tips that you guys have. I love hearing from you guys and I love this community that we're creating here. It's so much fun. I'm so glad that you are all here and I love you all. Um, so yeah, if you thought that this was helpful, subscribe to the podcast if you're on iTunes or follow if you're on Spotify and I would love it if you left me a review. It makes me so happy to read all of the reviews. You guys are wonderful. I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week and I will see you in next week's episode of the Endo Bay Podcast.